Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast for and by Rockies fans on Rocky Mountain Rooftop. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Hello and welcome to Affected by Altitude, the Colorado Rockies podcast on Rocky Mountain Rooftop, a proud affiliate of Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Evan Lang, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Skylar Timmons. Hello, Skylar. Hi, ho Neighborino. Neighborino. Jinx. Now he can't talk for the rest of the podcast. This becomes a solo show. Isn't that right, Evan Lang? There, I said his name, so now he can talk. Is that how that works? I guess. I don't know. I didn't have friends. Or that, did I? Wow. <laughs> Just started off on an incredibly sad note. <laughs> I was going to pull another Simpsons reference. Um, what is it? The episode where Ned Flanders is having like a gigantic family reunion. It's like, mm-hmm. here's my cousin from Great Britain, like Lords. A googly moogly. Charmed. And they, they just all start doing it's like, a googly moogly. <laughs> Jose Flanders, buenos dias. Doesn't he say buenos ding dong diddly dias? Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Or my my favorite Ned Flanders line, which is, "Ah, oh, hell diddly ding dong crap." Mm-hmm. Can't you people do right? right? 
you ugly, hate-filled man. Hey, I may be ugly and hate-filled, but... Uh, and hate-filled. What, what was, was the, the third thing you said? <laughs> Homer, you are without a doubt the worst person I have ever met. Yeah, hey, pretty easy. easy. <laughs> oh, goodness. We just sit and quote The Simpsons forever, but I don't think we need to, Evan. I don't think we do, because we'll roll right into the fact, in case you all have forgotten... That one Todd Lynn Helton, first baseman of the Colorado Rockies for 17 years, is a Hall of Famer. Celebrate good times so that we do not get copyright stricken. Do, 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 do. Or what was his walk-up song for like, I'm feeling 17. Yes. That's the, well, the crazy thing about Todd is that a lot of players for this organization have had some really memorable walk-up music so that like when you think about them you think about their walk-up music i watched todd play for all 17 years of his career and i don't yeah. think off the top of my head i could pull his walk-up music just that rascal flat seven like 17 song that he that was that he had for the last couple of years which i had forgotten about until they played it yesterday at fan fest <laughs> Like, uh, was, you know, what was he doing for the other 10, 12 years? Who knows? But it's like, you know, uh, Ryan Spielberg's had the great escape. Uh, yes. you know, Larry Walker had crazy train. Tulo bounced around with a couple, but they were memorable. Yeah. Didn't, uh, didn't Tulo walk up to Miley Cyrus for a couple of years? Yeah, party in the USA. So like, or even like, um, Nathan Perez's walk up music, I still can like play a little clip of that in my head mm -hmm. but i can't do that for todd helton that struck me as really weird yeah it's like larry walker crazy train charlie blackman no tonight and then uh, whatever jurassic park theme from brent Suter. that was pretty good <laughs> uh senzi has some pretty good entry music as well i forget what the name of the song is but it's very like bouncy and upbeat latin american music no yeah. That tracks. It does track. Somebody should go up with a Jose Iglesias song as his walk-up song. <laughs> what was um? <laughs> I'm trying to think of so what stupid. might be the worst walk-up song, and the first thing that popped in my head was that uh, was it Desert Rose by Sting. Yeah. You don't know think... that song? No, I don't. Was it by Sting? Uh, is it by Sting? I'm I don't Google. think so. Oh, we've gotten really off track immediately. Uh, Desert Rose song, Indeed by Sting. There you go. So that was our uh, musical education segment of the show. This is, uh, man, we're off to a great start today. Mm -hmm. The most important thing to ever happen in Rocky's history. history. And we're talking about walk-up songs in The Simpsons. <laughs> to be fair, we already did an entire 40-minute episode about Todd Helton's induction to the Hall of Fame. This is true. Uh, you can check that out in your podcast streams, wherever you get your podcasts, and over on our YouTube channel, Rocky Mountain Rooftop. We were joined by my brother, Dustin, of the Every Rocky Ever podcast. And uh, 40 minutes talking about our initial reactions the day of. But uh, it's been it's been about a week or so since we heard that news so so really what 
what what are i guess the question is is you know how much is has set in since it officially got announced that todd was in the hall of fame because we were all just completely over the moon um when it first came out and you know if you saw my my quick notes post on the youtube channel you know our podcast you can really sense our like barely contained abject glee mm-hmm. over what had happened and you know after a couple days and having it kind of settle down i'm still you know, feeling just so good about this like this is one of the best things to happen in the history of this organization and what's interesting to me is that you know when larry walker got in i was of course emotional um you know larry walker being one of my favorite players of all time one of the best rockies of all time but the emotion has been magnitudes greater for this one and i think that tells you just how much todd helton means as a player even in some of the most negative corners of the internet like twitter and like the rockies subreddit there's so much joy about this going around and it's really nice to see especially coming off of you know a terrible 2023 season where a lot of fans who had stuck around were pretty unhappy and you know apathy had been setting in and this this got the the light back into people's eyes i think for the rockies yeah it's it's one of those things where it just and you can go check out my rock pile on purple row from this past wednesday of just initial thoughts and reactions to it but uh it just means so much i think to to fans and individuals like i was tearing up while i was writing it just those emotions going through you no and we talk about this in our podcast it's just how much this means to people where it's more it goes beyond sports of this is people's hero childhood hero you no know, role model and a guy who chose the rockies oh he had plenty of opportunities probably to say hey you know it's just not working out here i want to go somewhere else and instead you know in 2007 almost gets traded comes to the ownership says no i think we can win here it would mean more to win here than anywhere else and they're like okay and he stuck out the rest of that contract he restructured that contract like once or twice to just kind of help them a little bit down the line and it's just nice to as a rockies fan especially to feel like yeah like somebody wants to be here somebody like wanted to be here one chose the fans wanted to be here for us type of thing so it's you know, just we, really special. We caught we clown on that sometimes. We do of the the Rockies mantra of oh well he wants to be here. It's usually because it's a bad player. <laughs> but when a good player, when an important player legitimately wants to be a part of this team, legitimately wants to support the fan base, mm-hmm. that is so hugely important. And that's what we've seen with Charlie Blackman as well. You know, Charlie Blackman could have been out of here multiple times and chose to stay. And Todd Helton, you know, especially in 2007, could have been on the eventual World Series champion Boston Red Sox that mm-hmm. season. Yeah. And he chose not to. And he, he even brought this up. Um, so after Fan Fest yesterday, and we'll talk about Fan Fest in a little bit. But we're right um, now Todd Helton, so it ties in. There was a... Um, there was a, a quick appearance by Todd Helton over in McGregor Square uh, at 4.17 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And 
it was it was fairly short. It was maybe 10, 15 minutes total. But, you know, Todd came out and he made a speech and he talked about, you know, how important Colorado was to him, how important the fans were, how even on like the worst of days, even when he was really hurting, because remember how much his his back was really hurting him at the end of his career, he could come out and hear the roar of the fans and know that they supported him. Mm-hmm. And that, like you said, Skyler, he could have been traded in twenty in 2007. And he came to the ownership. He came to the front office and said, I want to stay here. It is more meaningful for me to stay here and try and win with this team. I would rather try and win with the Rockies than actually win with any other team. Yeah. And, cra- and crazy to me that, you know, we, we I feel like sometimes we can take that for granted. Yeah, and you know, leading up to the uh, voting results and and other things you're hearing, other interviews and quotes coming out throughout this past week from other players. What stuck out to me in an article was talking about when he says that, and then the players there in that 2007 team were playing for Todd and the role he played for them, and how he taught these young players not to chase their careers. You know, it was just really all about winning, trying to win. And it wasn't about, oh, I'm going to go chase down these numbers. I'm going to go chase down a ring in a championship because that team's better type of thing. And like, yeah, that's understandable. If guys want to do that. They want to chase because they want to win and they'll probably have better opportunities somewhere else. But Todd was of that old school mindset of, no, I come into this job here. I want to see this through and, and do what I can because it said it means it meant a lot to him and it means a lot to us. Yeah, there's a there's a great line. And this was from uh, Paul Morosi of ML, uh, John Paul Morosi, John Morosi. JP. Uh, at ML, I don't know why I just called him John Paul Morosi. Because that's what he has on Twitter now. Yeah, and it's confused the heck out of me. So John John Morosi on MLB.com on uh, January 22nd, he talked to Troy Tulowitzki. And Troy said, that season for me, referring to 2007, as a young player, I was literally playing for Todd and thinking about how badly I wanted him to experience a World Series. At that point, he'd already been playing for so long. I wanted him to be rewarded for everything he'd done for the organization. I respected him so much for what he did on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And because remember, that, that was back in 2007. You know, Troy Tulowitzki, he's much older now, but he was a, a young, young man you know, just breaking into Major League Baseball at the time. And I think it shows how important that clubhouse viewed Todd Helton. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, he goes on to say, as a young player, I told myself that if I was ever in the same spot as Todd, I would treat the younger guys the way he treated me. I worked hard to earn his approval. That's the stuff he wouldn't know. How much he meant to our team, how important his energy was. Yeah. Yeah. And I love you hear all these things coming out now after. There's players and other people like, he shouldn't have gotten in a long time ago. Like, why did it take him six tries to get in? The players and people around him in the game knew he was a Hall of Famer. Writers, on the other hand, we won't bash on him. They got him in. Enough voters yeah. agreed. He, he Those is that in at this point. He's in. It doesn't matter. 90%, 75% came in at 79, so booyah. He's in. And you know, there's 
writers that missed out. They they just missed it. They just didn't get it. But well, there's 79% of writers, near 80% of writers, tons of players, coaches, scouts, you know, agents, managers, front office people. They knew. They're like, it's about time. Yeah. And it's funny that you use the term miss out because you know what? That's exactly what they did. By not doing their research, by not paying attention, these writers missed out on watching and learning about and knowing about an incredible baseball player, one of the best first basemen of his generation, an amazing hitter, and a really interesting and amazing person. They mm-hmm. missed out on him. And you know what? It's it's their loss. Yeah. And when he gets into the hall, when he finally, when they have the induction ceremony, those writers know who they are. Like, maybe, did I mess up not voting for him? And that's something they have to live with. And maybe some of them will just sleep just fine. Like, eh, whatever. But it's good to see. And I think the fun part too is, no, now that he's in, he's getting like this wide national exposure that he probably has never had in his career. <laughs> All of a sudden this week or this past week, Showing up on you know, in the press conference at Cooperstown, looking super nervous, you know, putting on that jersey. That was a cool moment to see him putting on the Hall of Fame jersey. You can tell he's not a speeches guy. Yeah, because that was that was always Todd. He's he's a, a very subdued, very quiet. The way that you know, it, Clint Hurdle mentioned this um, in one of his panels over the weekend. It's like the way that he expressed his joy in baseball was kicking your ass is, uh, <laughs> yeah. is Clint, was yeah. Clint Hur- Hurdle's way of describing it. Yeah. Because, you know, Todd Helton was never the big smiles guy, never like the incredibly high energy player that you get from guys like, you know, Carlos Gonzalez or other guys who have mm-hmm. been on this Rockies organization over the, you know, 30, 31 years of existence. But, you know, you can tell how much baseball means to him. And it's nice to hear him him say still after all these years how meaningful it was for him to play for the Rockies. Yeah, a fun little thing like insight into Todd Helton itself is during that press conference. You know, Adrian, they're like, "Okay, gentlemen, put on your Hall of Fame jerseys and stuff." And he puts on his cap, and there's Joe Mauer. He's got the lady standing next to him. She's helping him like unbutton the jersey to kind of slide it on. Adrian Beltre, same thing. He's like sitting there unbuttoning it, ready to put on. Todd like starts on a couple buttons. He's like, "Eh, heck with this and just slides it on over his head. (laughs) And finishes buttoning it up. Like, that's just like the perfect encapsulation of just Todd Hilton. He's going to do it his way. No, that Tennessee boy just going to jump right in and do it different. He's not going to be the kind of the, the prim proper type of guy. He's like, all right, I guess I'll do this throws it on speaking of tennessee can i just say how funny it is how involved peyton manning yeah in, in, in all of this. <laughs> oh i love it he's, he's love been it. everywhere and they showed so um you know talking more about his appearance at um after fan fest yesterday they played the the full peyton manning narrated video about mm-hmm. his career and if you haven't watched that you definitely should because it's really good but it's just really funny to me how involved Peyton Manning's been in all this. Because I always laugh because Peyton spent just the very tail end of his career here. But he acts like he spent his entire life in Colorado at this point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he was an honorary. And this is the cool thing, too, is like Peyton Manning bringing out that story. It was, 
No, at some point it was during an NFL lockout. He couldn't work with the, you know, the Colts medical staff to like rehab or work out and do stuff. And Todd calls him up and says, hey, come work out with the Rockies, like access to our trainers and facility, come out to Colorado. And so, no, he does. And that just, again, that further character of not just a Hall of Fame player, but Todd Helton, like deep at his core, was a Hall of Fame person. And yeah, we won't get into it. He's had his own personal demons and struggles off the field, and he's dealt with those. But that doesn't take away from who he was as a person because he was a, a – everything you see, he was just a good guy. Good guy that cared about his teammates. Yeah, gruff guy. And I don't know, a dad. There's that other video where he's taking his Hall of Fame photo shoot, and his daughters and his wife are like rooting him on, prep, prepping him up off camera. Like, yeah, pop that hip, dad, just like we taught you. And uh, he's laughing. And and so it's just fun to see. I think really, especially this past week, too, is just for years, we only saw really Todd Hilton, the player. Like I said, he was really reserved. When he did show his emotion, it was like, those are impactful moments. But he's always just kind of this reserved guy. But now he's in in this past. We've just gotten to see more of that dry wit we always heard about. No, just a, a funny guy, professional guy. But just a good yeah. dude, and we've been getting to see that, and that's been my favorite part this yeah. past week. Because Jack Corrigan, the the radio voice of the Rockies on on KOA, will tell stories about you know Todd Helton cracking these dry jokes and showing this like this really good sense of humor that we as the fans have really got to see because you know Todd being being a more private person, you know, on the outside of the thing, very honestly, very similar to Charlie Blackman. Yeah, where Charlie Blackman is, is is very publicly reserved. He's a quiet guy, but it's been really nice over the last couple of years, especially since Todd rejoined the organization. He looks happier and healthier than he had in 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 probably since he retired. And now to see him getting to you know publicly express this joy, even though you know he's not going to be all smiles and huge grins that you can tell how how joyful he is through all of this yeah absolutely and you know it was fun for me the mlb had their chatting cage thing this past week and i was sitting here at home well, i'd finished up writing an article for fansforsports.com and i see notification from me will be like chatting cage like join as a fan i'm like no i i should try to get in on this, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for me to ask a Hall of Famer a question and I managed to hop in on the zoom call and they're like uh what would your question be for Todd I'm like uh uh I'll ask him about Jim Leland <laughs> going in with him they're like I love it okay we'll get you in there I'm like oh geez and so it was just really nice to be able to ask him a question I'm just mad because I don't know if it was my computer or zoom or my headphones like my audio is kind of scuffed and man that's horrifying Evan I didn't use this microphone that I'm using right now in hindsight, I should have. Idiot. I, I've i stayed up. <laughs> That's haunted me all week, Evan. Ever since then, I'm like, oh, why didn't I have better audio? Oh, it, it was fine. No, it was awful. But it was just cool to like ask him a question as a fan. Ask him about Jim Leland and, and him just being nice and watching him talk to other fans, answering their questions. Just solid dude. He's my best friend now. I was very jealous that you got in. Uh, mm -hmm. I was at work, so I couldn't. But... <laughs> But yeah, that's that's Todd Helton. That's 
you know, a, a really nice way to sort of cap off the week. So, so happy, so proud for him. So happy yeah. for the fans and for this organization. Yeah, it's just fun. Awesome to see. And now him being on MLB Network, talking to other guys and in interviews and stuff, it's just good to see other see the get him get the recognition that he deserves for sure and he's going in with a really good class like beltray and mauer mauer spending his whole career with the twins like that's a good class to go in with too i agree i really good solid i'm really happy with this hall of fame class like it would have been nice if sheffield and wagner got in but overall i'm pretty happy with this hall of fame class yeah super like all three of those guys just super good dudes different types of really good dudes like beltray's more no energetic outward, but like Maurer and, and Helton, a little bit more reserved, but just super solid dudes being managed by Jim Leland now. But we're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. And we when we get back, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about this last weekend. So don't go anywhere. And we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Affected by Altitude with Skylar and Evan. Thank you so much for sticking with us through that short break. And I hope uh, you didn't use the 15 second fast forward button. Or did they, Evan? They might have. I don't know. I don't know. Whoa. I don't know. I don't know everybody's life. <laughs> but uh, Skylar, this last uh, this weekend when we were recording uh, on Saturday, January 27th, was the return of Rockies Fest for the first time since January of 2020. So four years later, finally having another Rockies Fest. <laughs> surely, and... surely nothing terrible happened after that one. Nothing at all. No, nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing of note happened <laughs> after January 2020. I can't believe the Rockies just decided to stop for no reason. <laughs> oh, goodness. But Rockies Fest making its triumphant return. I was there this weekend. Um, other, How uh, was it? 
it was amazing. I had an incredible time. Uh, other members of the Purple Rose staff were there. Uh, Joel was there as a fan. Uh, Renee was there um, largely in a, in a media capacity, but she was doing a lot of really cool stuff there. It was amazing. And so I figured I would just talk a little bit about my experience at FanFest. Um for the folks who weren't able to go or for the folks who 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 did go and want to want to hear about uh, other people's thoughts on it. So really first the first thing I want to do is I want to shout out and I did this on Twitter as well. I want to shout out Jackson and all the other awesome people at uh Colorado Rockies Authentics and the Rally Store at McGregor Square for putting on the garage sale that was over on the second floor of the Rally Hotel where they had all sorts of crazy stuff that I spent way too much money on. It was an absolutely packed house. It was totally crazy, but there was so much cool stuff to sort of peruse and look at and buy. Um, so huge shout out to everyone on that crew for doing an amazing garage sale. They had like hats for $5. They had all sorts of, of Jersey blanks or partial blanks. Uh, I saw some really interesting ones going through some of the shelves where it was like, jerseys that were prepped for some minor league guys but never had numbers put on them um they had some completely blank all-star jerseys from the uh 2021 all-star game that was weird to see because they didn't even have like the team logos the all-star logo on or anything completely blank that's weird and they were probably just you know spares from that um all sorts of you know banners and artwork that were hanging uh, in the stadium at some point, in the suites, um, there was a whole section of, like, game-used or authenticated stuff that was really, really cool. I I spent far more money than I meant to, but I got some pretty cool stuff. Um, I'm hoping to get a picture up on, you know, Twitter, Blue Sky, etc., showing my haul. But some of the fun stuff I got that you wouldn't really think about... Um, being available for sale i got a uh, a stadium section sign uh, i got the sign for section 327 um i got a little placard a star placard for representing one of the rockies all-stars mine has jeff cirillo's name on it from when he was an all-star in 2000 uh jeff cirillo was a player that i really really liked as a kid I got the stadium banner for Mike Hampton's Silver Slugger Award from 2001. <laughs> That's probably the biggest thing I bought in terms of overall size. Um, I got a couple little of those standees from the COVID season where they had the uh, player standees in the stadium. Did you buy Matt Adams? That's what the people want to know, Evan. So here's the deal. I did not buy the Matt Adams standee. It was... <laughs> you call yourself a fan. It was very large. Well, he's a large man. I had already spent a decent chunk of change, and it was just its one of those things where it's so big that I just, I honestly wouldn't have really had space for it. You get rid of the, the giant banner, and you get Matt Adams. Well, maybe it will still <laughs> be there next year. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that one's flying off the shelves anytime soon. There were a bunch <laughs> of really interesting ones. Um so these, for, for folks on the know, you can see the picture on my Twitter. Um, some of the things that they had for sale were, um, you know, when you go in some of the entrances, they have the lineup for that game and they have the big pictures of all the players. They had those large lineup cards um, the, with the player portraits. 
And what was really cool is they actually had some from opening day in 1993. Um, Where I saw Charlie Hayes. I saw Alex Cole. um, I saw a bunch of others. Very, very cool. And then in the... Uh, in the authentic section, authenticated section, they had a bunch of bats, including, uh, I did not know this, Stu Cole, apparently, and Dave Magadan all had their own bats for when they were doing drills and stuff with people. So apparently Stu Cole uses a brand called Cypress, which I'm not familiar with. Um, there were a bunch out there. I did buy a bat. I got an essentially brand new uh bat that had been made for tony walters our new rookie ball coach down in the arizona complex league uh i got a um i'm trying what's sorry drawing a blank here at how to describe it a team issued and apparently used batting helmet that is my size so it fits me but the number on the back is 43 so it was either if I'm under, if I if I'm remembering correctly, so it was either Julius Chassin when he made his uh, second stint with the Rockies because he wore 43, or it was uh, Sam Hilliard who wear number who wore number 43 his uh, rookie season. Mm-hmm. But and then I got some heavily discounted autographed baseballs from guys no longer with the team. Uh, I got one by Pat, uh, Pat Valeka, which was pretty neat. It was cool. It was very cool. Uh, I spent way too much time talking about this garage sale, but again, huge shout out, awesome experience. The real, the the real Rockies Fest is once you once you get inside, and they had all this all this stuff set up. So the main concourse was pretty much shut down, um, other than for people coming in and out. The um, the ushers that were there were courteous enough to let me go into the stands and take some photos and hang out there for a couple minutes because you know Coors Field is my happy place. So getting to sit down there in the uh, in the seats in the winter is uh, a very surreal experience, but it's very nice. But then downstairs, um, you could tour the clubhouses and and take a look at some of that stuff. If you've never done the Rockies ballpark tour, I really recommend it. Um, that's one of the things you can do during that tour is you can go see the the clubhouses and some of the cool stuff downstairs that you don't normally get to see. Um, but the majority of the fan fest stuff was up on the uh, suite level and club level. And so they had all these autograph sessions with players and all these booths set up. Uh, there were delegations from the minor league organizations. Unfortunately, I got to those a little bit late. Um, so Hartford and Fresno had pretty much packed up. Uh, Albuquerque was working on packing up, but I had a really nice conversation with some of the folks from the Spokane Indians, our high A team. Um, and something that they told me, which I will say on the show is home games will be broadcast next year. Um, Uh, part of, um, a, you know, stadium redevelopment and, and rejuvenation thing up in Spokane. They are going to start broadcasting the Spokane Indians games for the 2024 season. Mm, have they hired somebody to do it yet? I don't know. Why don't you ask them? They probably have. Let's go to Teamwork Online. I'll keep that on the radar. I live in Washington. Uh, but very cool because it used to, and I, I was talking with the, with the gentleman at the booth where it used to be where if you wanted to see Indians games, you really had to wait until they were in a specific city. So like Vancouver or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, my big issue was that Ribby the Red Band Trout, my favorite mascot, 
was not there. Instead, Otto was there. And Otto is fine, but let's be real. It's not Ribby. <laughs> uh, that was really cool. They had all sorts of activities activities for kids, like um, face painting and crafts and all that stuff like that. But the stuff that I really enjoyed were the panels. I did a couple of the panels. Um, the two major ones that I went to were the uh, prospects panel and the pitchers panel. Uh, the prospects one was probably my favorite. So it was um, emceed by Jerry Schemmel of the uh, Rockies radio broadcast. And uh, on the panel was Clint Hurdle, who, as we all know, as his special assistant to the general manager, he's doing a lot of work with the young guys in the in the um, in the farm system. And then on the panel was uh, Zach Veen, Sterling Thompson, Drew Romo, Gabriel Hughes, Jaden Hill, uh, Chase Dollander and Case Williams. Um, and that was really cool. Um, it was really interesting to hear. Sometimes they gave really similar answers. Like um, one of the questions that was asked was like, you know, you're leaving school and now you're a professional baseball player. What's that like? And a lot of them, they talked about like having to, you know, grow up and learn how to be an adult while also playing ball. <laughs> um, that was really cool or, or dealing with injuries, stuff like that. I think my favorite set of responses though was you know they were talking about the most some of the most important things in baseball for them and a bunch of they they all had somewhat similar answers but some of them said really different things like zach veen talked about how he's addicted to winning and he wants to dominate and he wants to wants to play and win and you know chase said some similar stuff like that a lot of the other guys said very similar things about wanting to win um Jaden Hill talked about how much he loved baseball and how happy he is just to get to play baseball uh but the one that really stood out to me was Gabriel Hughes because Gabriel Hughes talked about and how much he loves baseball and he talked about the importance of seeing the artistry in baseball that a well-turned double play or a well-executed pitch or a home run that there's that that's art in baseball and I thought that was a a really really cool answer mm -hmm. um they were all super gracious with their time it was it was really nice to meet a lot of these young guys uh, very very funny uh case williams and his mom both recognized me from twitter uh, which was very funny sterling thompson as well um really really cool and then the the pitchers one was was great I was really surprised. So that one was um, emceed by Jack Corrigan. And he asked a, a lot of very hard-hitting questions, uh, kind of downer questions, honestly, um, at this panel. So the panel had you know, Ryan Feltner, Austin Gomber, um, Cal Quantrill was there. Dakota Hudson was going to be there, um, but he had to leave early because he had a flight to catch. Uh, Peter Lambert and then the new, new backup catcher, Jacob Stallings. And he asked things like, you know, Peter, you've had to have a bunch of surgeries. You've been hurt a lot. You know, how did that that feel? What was what was that emotionally like? Or he was talking It hurt. <laughs> or, you know, he talked about Austin Gomber and his struggles early last season, having to talk about, you know, the the mental health aspect of the game. It was very it was very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I also enjoyed the outfielders panel. Um it was nice to see uh, Hunter Goodman get some recognition. He was on the outfielders panel with Nolan Jones, Sean Bouchard, and Charlie Blackman, uh, where basically they all gave Charlie Blackman a bunch of crap for being the old man of the group. Um, <laughs> but Chuck Chuck was in good spirits with it. Like both both 
uh, he and, and uh, Jack Corrigan were tra- tra- cracking jokes about him being so old and mm-hmm. like so one of the one of the kids in the audience asked them, you know, you know, what's your favorite video game to play? You know, um, Sean Bouchard. What did uh, he said? SSX Tricky. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's uh, which, pretty good. Which, which definitely dates him a little bit more than some of the other guys. So it was funny because twenty eight, twenty nine. Sean Bouchard is the second oldest of the group. Yeah. A uh, hundred Goodman said Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. <laughs> Nerd. Uh, Nolan Jones said MLB the show and made jokes about he how he grew up uh, playing that game and, you know, playing with players like Charlie Blackman. Then Charlie Blackman just deadpans and looks at him and he goes, Pong. <laughs> uh, come on, Charlie. You grew up in the 80s, early 90s. You could throw a Super Nintendo in there. <laughs> I, you know, but Nolan, to... Nolan Jones, you're a professional baseball player. You live and breathe baseball. I love MLB the show. But like that's not my favorite video game to play. But think about it though. Think about how many NFL players play Madden, and then whine about their ratings. <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> I should be a ninety-nine overall. Like, dude, you fumble the ball every time you touch it. No one was actually really funny about that because he said, "Well, now I'm in the game, and my little brother plays it, and you know he'll use my card in Diamond Dynasty." Mm-hmm. And then when I'm uh, not playing well, my rating goes down. So he tells me to play better. So my rating will go back up. <laughs> That's perfect. I love that. <laughs> Nolan, you suck. Start playing better. I need my Diamond Dynasty win. It was really, really cool. Um, the autograph sessions were fun. You couldn't really take photos with people at the autograph sessions. But it was nice to, you know, quickly chat with, with some of the folks um they also have down on the club level they had photo opportunities um i got my photo taken with uh hansley bam bam Mullins, told him it was nice to meet him um had a quick chat with um chase dollander and jordan beck also known as mike honcho uh was very very cool we but, should have sent you with business cards to like slip to him like hey come on our podcast or or, uh, or shirts that's baseball shirts. Yeah, you should have just had those and then find Bud Black. Like here you go, and he's like, "Get out of here." Maybe, maybe next year, right? Next he just start, he just starts wailing and dude, like you mother. Next year, I'll get kicked out of Fan Fest for trying to give Bud Black a that's baseball shirt. Yeah. And on the back it says, "You've been extended to only one year contract." <laughs> that's how the Rockies announce it. I don't know. That would have been cool. I missed a. I missed a couple guys. I you know it, it. It's what's really crazy during that is you see so many people just like walking through the hallways. So like I saw Corey Little and Bill Schmidt and um, Clint Hurdle and I saw Justin Lawrence and Antonio Sensatella, Jacob Stallings, who is a very large man, yeah. like six he's, four. <laughs> he's big. And you don't think about, you know, catchers being that big and tall. He's a big guy. Or uh, a lot of the prospects, the young guys were super big. Case Williams, uh, surprisingly tall. (laughs) Case Williams, surprisingly big. Um, No, they were all really, really cool, though. Everybody was uh, was super gracious with their time. Uh, I made sure to thank all of the players, all of the coaches for coming out and you know, talking to fans, talking to to the people there, and being a part of our 
are awesome organization because it's true. It is really nice to have everybody come out. Like these rookies could be in Arizona already getting ready for spring training. You know, Zach Veen is just barely removed from playing in Puerto Rico a couple of weeks ago. He didn't have to be there, but he was there. And it, that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And, and from, I think Patrick Lyons, friend of the show, posting that on, you no. Know, Posted on Twitter, just I think what a sold out event, and just the people walking around being excited. Oh, I think Drew Creaseman also pointed that out. Just people being excited about the Rockies, and oh, you can look in the dark corners of the internet and find a lot of negativity towards the team. But from what it sounds like, events like that, I think it shows the players and oh, a lot of other fans maybe of like, okay, yeah, it's okay to be a fan of this team. It's okay to celebrate it. Yeah, And that's what's nice probably about having the Fan Fest come back is re-engage back with the fans and help build those connections. Because I saw on like Instagram, Nolan Jones posting pictures, you know, him being taking pictures with the, these young kids. And you think of the impact that's going to have on them and as they grow up and be as Rockies fans. And it's pretty cool you know, to have that. It- connection it really is and what what also was really great is that legitimately a lot of these guys looked like they were having a good time when they were there like i will say drew roma it was really funny up at the prospects panel he looked probably the most nervous out of the bunch to be you know speaking but he was still really nice and and really well spoken uh jaden hill was super super nice i got to talk to him a couple times he was really cool uh case williams and his mom both really really nice um what made me laugh was um his mom was talking about you know recognizing me from twitter and she goes oh your tweets well i guess i should say them x's and case williams is sitting on a chair and goes nobody calls them x's that's so stupid (laughs) (laughs) but and and, you know sterling sterling tom like I can, I can just name all the guys. Cal Quantrill and and Jalen Beeks were both super gracious. You know, when I when I got a chance to talk to them, I I made sure I was like, you know, welcome to the team. We're really excited to have you here, and I think it helps for the fans as much as the like. It helps for the players as much as the fans. It's really funny. Around this time last year, you know, we were talking about what the Rockies need to do to con- combat fan apathy. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we both pretty heavily discussed was they need to bring FanFest back. Yeah. And I think the results speak for themselves. We've seen so many people happy and excited to be at and around the Rockies. The players looking like they're having a good time getting to meet and reach out to these fans. It was great. It was it was a really, really great experience. And if you didn't get a chance to go this year, I really hope that you get a chance to go next year because it is absolutely worth it and if you did get a chance to go this year you know it it sounds weird coming from me i'm not a part of the team or anything but like thank you because it's the fans that make baseball special yeah and as you see those fans show up you hope in some way it like influences the team to see that like okay these people care we need to do better for these people and yeah, it probably doesn't have that first effect, but I think Joel saw Dick Monfort hanging out in one of the rooms wearing a weird bomber jacket, his yep. sportsman jacket, he, looking he like he around. just walked out of a 50s movie where he played the bully. He was wearing purple shoes. 
I'm pretty sure that's the only color shoe he owns. To be fair, I was also wearing extremely purple shoes, so I can't. Are you, judge Dick, are you Dick Monfort? <laughs> Pulls the mask off. <laughs> it's like um, in that Mission Impossible movie. With, oh like, gosh, the, the fancy mask they had to print. Oh, that'd be awful. That would that would be horrific. What a horrific way to end a segment. You just pull this horrible rubber mask off, and you're Dick Monfort, nah. who we've been who we've been railing on. <laughs> But I think also another thing that we really saw is like, and you know, both Jack and, and Jerry and some of the other players mentioned this as well. It's like, yeah, 2023 sucks. Sucked. But a lot of the guys are trying their best to not dwell on that and try and yeah. give fans something to look forward to for next year. Yeah. And I think it's 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 okay to be excited for 2024, even if you know the Rockies might not be that good in 2024. You can still be excited for it. We were optimistic for 2023. Like as soon as spring training starts, clean slate, anything can happen. Exactly. Throw your projection predictions and projections, projections. out. Your projections. I combined two words there, and toss those out the, the window. Portmanteau. It's a clean slate for a new season, and pretty good and i think the segments run along but we'll probably finish up some fan fest talk takeaways after the break but no as someone who no oh, i couldn't go i denver's four hours away and i just didn't have time i had basketball games to call to for high school so i i would have loved to go but it was cool just eat me as a fan no i'd scroll through twitter when i had a chance and i'd see our purple row account showing stuff showing pictures or people that won girl that like handed out friendship bracelets to Chris Bryant and Charlie Blackman and no, just these fun little fan moments. And you get to see that people like, yeah, this is awesome. Look at all this stuff. I got at this garage sale, $5 hats. Heck yeah. Random stuff like that. So it's even as a fan that couldn't go, I still felt slightly a part of it. Just looking at social media and incredibly jealous, <laughs> but hey, it's just, I just, offered just, both you and Dustin tickets. Yeah, but he has a life, and I'm a. I had stuff to do too. If I didn't have basketball games, I would have really tried to go. I think, but it's. I still felt part of it, just seeing social media and people posting things, and know the news that we'll talk about here in a little bit. But just overall, cool event. Keep that momentum throughout the year. I think it's going to be important for the Rockies. Like, make sure your promotions. Make sure you just. Engage with the fans throughout the year. Make them care about your team. And m events like this are a good step forward in that direction. Definitely. It was it was great. Um, you know, Skylar, I hope you get to go next year. One day when I own the team. But uh, we're going to take <laughs> another quick break. There's some more odds and ends from around FanFest to talk about, and we'll go over those when we get back. So uh, hang tight for just a minute. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little 
or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to Effective Eye Altitude, our third and final segment here. Um, we had some other stuff planned for this segment. We'll see if we get to that. But uh, last segment on FanFest went a little long because I love to talk. So we're going to do some general uh, odds and ends from the um, from the goings-on in FanFest. And I think probably the most important one is that we heard that there is progress on a television deal. Yeah, so... <laughs> Purple Road got credited with the report in the Colorado Gazette and some other places, but uh, it was coming from the panel. So anybody there, FanFest knew it. Purple Road just happened to be on Twitter at the moment. <laughs> Renee managed to to post about it. But Drew Goodman also confirmed it. All 162 games will be televised in some format, and that should be finalized soon. Now, whether it's just like the MLB broadcast deal thing that you know, San Diego and Arizona did last year, or if they figured out you know, maybe something with altitude or a different kind of you know, service cable thing, cable deal. Maybe Monfort Plus is getting off the ground. I'm buying stock in it, Evan. That's what I need is another streaming service with name plus. But And the 2023 broadcasting crew all returning, it sounds like. So the only thing that will really change is just where the broadcasts are from. Yep. So it's, you know, AT&T Sportsnet Rocky Mountain is is gone. Um, that channel still exists. I think it's just called Sportsnet Rocky Mountain now. And uh, there's a lot of fishing going on on that, amongst other things. Um, my expectation, if, if I'm in particular, I really think it's going to be on altitude. Mm-hmm. That is that is my guess right now, but we will definitely see. But hearing that, um, you know, it's expected that pretty much everybody from the broadcast crew is crew is coming back. That's really good to hear. Um, I didn't catch anyone from the broadcast crew at uh, Rockies Fest. I don't know if anybody was there. I was thinking about this, and it's technically they're not Rockies employees right now, so I don't know if they would be there. Um, well, they're not technically Rockies employees in the first place. But you know they they were at the last they they were they're usually a presence at FanFest yeah uh, and I do not believe they were here this year so yeah could be or everybody's busy walking around or busy off doing other things oh entirely possible Spilly's well. always got shows to do uh, I would have been devastated if we didn't get Spilly back because Spilly is one of my is one of my favorites I truly think he's an excellent broadcaster mm-hmm just a good um, dude so that was really great to hear and then we had some injury updates on a couple different players um start really quickly with Herman marquez and antonio sensatela both of them had tommy john surgery in the 2023 season uh bill schmidt talked a little bit about how they are progressing it sounds like it's extremely unlikely that antonio sensatela is going to pitch for the rockies in 2024 um he said that it's potential that at the end of the season, like at the end of the AAA season, he might 
be ready to go, but I'm not going to expect that. And then for Erman, he has the potential of being back after the All-Star break. But his progression will be very slow. Yes, they are going to take their time with both of these guys makes, to make sure they get back up. <laughs> makes me wonder, why are we paying Erman $10 million this year? Like, we kind of like spread that out, like cut that in half of $5 million or something this year and then boost it up for next year. That's a lot of sunk money that we're just paying guys not to play in 2023 or 2024, which it's it's unfortunate, but you just I always also, think of the cost. You're like, dang. I, I do get that, but at the same time, I think for Aramon, it's also them trying to be like, look, this, this shows that we still believe in you, that we still want you here, and maybe you'll still want to be here after your contract is up kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, Chris Bryant also spoke at Rockies Fest. Uh, Chris Bryant spoke a lot, uh, vowing to be healthier in 2024 that, you know, he, he, like many other players this time of year are doing the, oh, I'm in the best shape I've been in my life kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, he says that, you know, because of course he didn't want to be hurt over these first two years as a Rocky and that his goal is to be healthier and play a lot more and be more of a big contributor. Uh, Kyle Freeland also discussed his health saying that his arm is feeling the best as it has since 2021. Um, and it's it makes a lot of sense that he's been needing to recuperate his arm because as we've seen last season especially, that fastball velocity just kept getting lower and lower and lower. Yeah. And a big thing with a lot of these guys, they mentioned with Freeland, they're going to weigh heavily on him you know, to try and lead that rotation. They're hoping Hudson and Quantrill can return back to 2022 form type of stuff and eat innings and be effective it's dangerous for the Rockies that they're betting a lot of these guys you now dipping back into the past to help them in the current in the present which it's a bold strategy cotton let's see if it pays off for them but uh it's, it's nice to hear that guys being healthy and wanting to do better but it's just hard when the Rockies are banking on guys returning to form from two, three years ago when they're now older and injuries take a toll. I do. I get that. But at the same time, you know, it, you're not going to, the Rockies never draw the big name pitchers here. (laughs) They could, if they tried, but at the same time, I think it's in a rebuilding year, it's not the worst to say, all right, well, let's take some chances on some, some yeah. reclamation projects and see how they do. It, it's when they're doing like, these guys are going to be good because they were good in 2022. I'm like, that's two years ago, Bill. Like, but we shall what? see. We shall see. Uh, another thing that came up during FanFest is that Charlie Blackman told the organization that he wanted to stay at the 2023 trade deadline. Uh, so the Rockies could have potentially dealt, you know, much like we were talking about Todd Helton earlier in the show, the Rockies could have potentially dealt Chuck to a contender. And he said, no, I want to, I want to stick around. <laughs> Maybe he just didn't want to move. True. <laughs> Moving is a pain. <laughs> it's more convenient just to stay in Colorado. I mean, it but is. Hey, he gets 13 million out of it. Plus lots of good fishing spots here. Mm-hmm. It's like I got a fishing trip planned for that week, for that trade weekend. But still, it is nice to hear that he wanted to he wanted to stick around. Um, But overall, I was going to add with both those guys, 
no Charlie talking about Todd Helton, you know, of how he's assumed more, he never wanted that role, but he's assumed more and taken pride in that leadership mentor role, the same way Todd was a leader to him. And Chris Bryant, too. I was reading in a Thomas Harding article that Chris Bryant, who's, you know, has made that effort to get out of his shy, get outside of his shy shell and embrace that role of being a mentor and leader to the Rockies' young players, which, no, he didn't want to do that. He never wanted to be a leader and, no, was probably more hesitant to do that. But now he's, I think he's growing into that role and understanding, okay, this is my purpose here. If I'm not able to get it done on the field, I can help behind the scenes and so I think Chris Bryant's taken those steps to be effective, if even if it's not necessarily on the field, which we hope, move to first base primarily will really help him. But it's nice to see him growing into that role and understand, okay, I they brought me here. This is what I need to do to help this team get better. I can't just be a guy that stands on the side and, okay, I got to hit 20 home runs and that's how I'm going to help this team. There's more to it. Yeah, and it's it's funny because, you know, in the media, you can hear him referred to as Bryant Squatch. Because, you know, when the when the media is in the clubhouse, Chris Bryant is usually not. Um, but that doesn't mean that he can't have a, a tangible and important effect on this team. We saw it even last year. You know, Nolan Jones was talking about how much um, he valued Chris Bryant's uh, mentorship and leadership and giving him that sweet Rolex. Who plays more games, Anthony Rendon or Chris Bryant? Bryant. Bryant. Bryant by far. <laughs> I think I'm going to put it out there into the universe. I think Bryant plays at least 90 games in 2024. I'm going 110. Great. I th- and the actual I, retail price is? The MSRP. <laughs> 60 games. No. No, I, I do think that I think this next year he's going to play a lot more. It's just going to be covered in like batting equipment he goes up there in full catcher's gear <laughs> hey uh in softball they wear full cages so but he needs to protect his hands right him and chuck and his, both with his feet in his hands him and chuck both getting um bone breaks in their hands and fingers after getting yeah. hit by pitches you just give them these big hockey goalie gloves and then maybe instead of a bat a big paddle and we could take out the catcher and just put up like these three sticks and then just play on a really circular field. But a home run is worth six runs now. Uh, hey, it happened in Dubai. <laughs> it can work here. <laughs> Another thing that would be very funny is what if a catcher came out in like full goalie gear? It's like the two big knee pads and the blocker and the Walker in the glove. Maybe it could work. It could, honestly. Um, but that that kind of wraps it up for Rockies Fest, I think, this year. Really, really fun event. Um, really eye-opening in a lot of ways. We learned a lot of stuff. It was very, very cool. Uh, definitely looking forward to it next year. And one other thing that we can talk about here real quick that stuck out to me is Bill Schmidt talking about those prospects. And like I think Clint Hurdle also was talking about it on, on Twitter and Bill Schmidt talked about it of some of those prospects, not as far off as we may think. Chase Dolander was uh, was one that was pointed out, like may not be as far off as we think, which personally for me is like, that's encouraging. Like, yes, 
if guys are good, get your top players up as soon as they're ready or capable of contributing. I I legitimately think a lot of the guys that were in that prospects panel are a lot closer than yeah. we think they are. I think we have a good shot of seeing some of them in 2024. Yeah. Like Romo, if things go you know, the way it could for the Rockies, Diaz gets traded at the deadline. Romo becomes the prime. Him and Stallings kind of work together throughout the rest of the season type of thing. Stallings comes back for next for a new year with the intention that Romo's the starter. Jordan Beck, and there's a lot of those outfielders, but Zach Veen. Uh, I still think Zach Veen, if he really kills it in spring training, you may you do your best to get him on the big league roster, yeah, to start the 2024 season. Yeah, right field is wide open. Give him a chance to claim that. Mm-hmm. That could be a good one. Um, I love but, the idea of that outfield of uh, Nolan Jones in left, Brenton Doyle in center, and Zach Veen in right. Yeah, it's that not is, a bad one. That's a that lot of a, speed. A very fast outfield. Yeah, and the amount of stolen bases those three could put together. Ooh, it's nice to think about. I want that. I want that. I want that. Uh, part of that also, uh, top 100 prospects, Evan, from MLB Pipeline. Yes. So MLB Pipeline on uh, on this last Friday, the Friday, the day before FanFest, um, released their top 100 prospects list on MLB.com. And the Rockies have four prospects in the top 100. Number 81, Jordan Beck. Good. Yeah, number 81 is Jordan Beck. Number 72 is Yankee Fernandez. Number 52 is Chase Dollander. And number 28 is Adele Amador. Yeah, and I think they pointed out, like, yeah, it's just, like, why couldn't we have had more? But, like, guys got injured or had down years, and new prospects come in, so it pushes guys off. So, like, Zach Fiend's not on there. Amador got lost, like, seven spots. Uh, Fernandez dropped, like, 20 spots or something. It's like, it's a fluctuation of new guys coming in and other guys. And this will change. It'll change throughout the year as guys graduate or as guys start. The fact that the Rockies have four guys on the top 100 is so encouraging for the state of this farm system. And one of them's a pitcher. (laughs) And one of them's a pitcher. The fact that I've been saying it for the last couple of years now, the Rockies have a underrated farm system. It is a lot better than advertised, and they're starting to get recognition for how good their farm system is. I will take four guys in that top 100 any day of the week. Yeah. No. For those that are like, they don't even have one in the top 25, like it doesn't really matter. Like those lists are so subjective anyway. Yeah. Like the ones that really anybody cares about is those top 10, really. And like we talked about last week with our own rankings, it's like after you get past 10, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like it would be nice to go, oh, uh, Adil Amador is, is the, is the number five prospect in all of baseball. And it's like, Okay, like that'd be that'd be wonderful, but it's not the case. And like, eh, that's fine. And, you know, the some of the and these lists are always subjective, like the number five top prospect in all of baseball is Evan Carter. 
Evan Carter, who's going to graduate from prospect status pretty soon in 2024 yeah. because he played uh, a significant chunk of the end of the season with the Rangers and won the World Series with them. Yep. So it's always so a, like, what have you done for me lately type of thing. But it's very, but it's also very much for him of like, he's going to graduate from this list. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, he technically still has prospect status right now, but not for a lot longer. And, you know, the number one overall prospect is Jackson Holiday. That was never going to change. Yeah. And he might even crack the opening day roster. Heck, there's even potential that Adele Amador could crack the opening day roster. I don't think it's going to happen. Trade Brendan Rodgers? But it's possible. Well, it's the same as, like, you know, know, Julio Carreras after playing really well in winter ball. Mm -hmm. Like, there are so many things that could happen between the release of this list and the end of spring training. Mm Mm-hmm. So just, just wait. Just wait and see. And I know it's hard because we're in the home stretch now where there is only a couple weeks until pitchers and catchers report and about a month until spring training is in full swing. And it's probably going to be a little quiet. But all we can do is just wait because we're we're almost there. Yep. The biggest thing we can hope we can like hope for is do they get that left-handed bat for the outfield that they wanted? Because Travis Jankowski's off the board, so he's gone. And do any other trades happen? That's about it. Then we'll just get a bunch of minor league signings throughout the next couple weeks. What if the Rockies (sighs) brought back David Dahl? Mm, And maybe get 10 games out of him? And then his foot falls off? Hey, he played four whole games in 2023. Whoa. Well, major league games. He um he bounced around the minors a little bit. Uh, you know he played fifty four games with the OKC Dodgers. He played seventeen with the El Paso Chihuahuas, the Chihuahuas. Yeah, you can bring him back if you want. That one really doesn't matter. He can go play because he, he's used to the Triple A circuit now. But we'll see but, what happens. Anyways. But that's gonna do it here for us on Affected by Altitude. Thanks as always for watching and listening um if you feel like giving us a rating on your podcasting platform of choice feel free to do so five stars is always appreciated but eh, you know we, we are we are at your whims uh skylar how about you tell the folks where they can find you at find me over on the x formerly known as twitter at sideline underscore crowd also writing wednesday rock piles for purple and writing mlb stuff for fans And you can find me on Twitter and threads at Evan underscore Lang27 on Blue Sky at Evan Lang27.bsky.social. And you can find me writing the Thursday Rock Piles over on purplerow.com. And you can find us here at Rocky Mountain Rooftop on both YouTube and Twitter. That's at Rocky Mountain Rooftop at R-O-C-K-Y-M-T-N Rooftop. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. We appreciate you. We're getting close. We are so close to baseball being back, so we ask that you stick with us here. Um, but for now, that's going to do it. We're going to wrap things up. And, Skyler, I would like you to hit him with it. Farewell. <laughs> nice on. <laughs>